When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there. It's time for Most Things Kenobi. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Leanne. And I'm your host, Lauren. And this week... We haven't done many of these, have we? Book reviews? No, we've done a few short stories. That's yeah. it so far. So this is our first book review, like an actual... <laughs> it's because we like it. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. I'm a picky Star Wars book reader, honestly. Between Lauren and I, I bet you we could name like three books out, out of the Star Wars books list that we actually like. Yeah. And this is one of them. They were, we are reviewing... Rebel Rising by Beth Revis or Revis. Revis? I'm not sure. Either. I'm not sure. Yeah, I say it either or. I mean, I should Apologies, have Apologies, Beth. Uh, yeah. You did a fabulous job, but sorry. You really did. You, you really did. This is a good one. And in fact, our, our friend and patron, Kevin, was the one that suggested we read it. And he was not wrong. Yes. Yeah. It was good. It was, and it was not, uh, I think it's kind of like a young adult book, isn't it? Allegedly, but what does that even mean anymore? I've read, I've read so many series that were dubbed young adult that were fantastic, beautiful character building, world building, yeah. some, some scandalous business in them. And they were labeled young adults, <laughs> just like Clone Wars. It's a kid show, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> Well, it because it was young adult, it was like larger print on the page and I could read it way faster because I, I yeah. love reading, but I don't have a lot of time for reading. Well, we love gin. Yes, I love gin and I got through it way faster than some of the other books. So yeah, I didn't get to like page 50 and say nope with this one, which is often right. what happens with Star Wars books. Like, yeah, and you and I are very similar. We are, and I think a big part of it is tone, like getting the character's voice yes. is really important to me, and I think to you also, and not every writer is really good at capturing, uh-uh. like Luke is always terrible, like he's misrepresented in my opinion a lot of the times, so I'm really picky about stories about Luke. Did I misrepresent him in my story that I wrote about him? No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it takes knowing a character, I think, pretty well to give them a voice, right? So I think so, yeah. And you can, to me, like how I kind of do it is I just absorb a lot of material. Yeah. And then my brain kind of naturally starts to think. That happened to me even watching Better Call Saul. I started thinking in Saul Goodman's voice for a few days because we were binging it so much. I was like, I need to take a break. My parents love that show, by the way. It's a very good show. I will say I'm kind of bummed that Bob Odenkirk beat 
Diego Luna for the Critics' Choice Award, although he is an excellent actor. <laughs> I felt like Diego deserved something. He'll get it. Maybe season two. Yeah. Well. To be honored in a sci-fi show of any kind is like, I remember when Lord of the Rings won best movie for yeah. um, Return of the King. That was like a big moment because like fantasy just doesn't get the accolades that a lot of stuff does. And uh, you have to bring a human factor to it. Otherwise, it's just fluff, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of human factor, there's plenty of this in here. And what I really like is that there's not a lot of dialogue. It's a lot of Jin's thoughts, Jin's interpretation, Jin's fears, uh, which we know she has a lot of. She doesn't talk a lot anyway. Mm-hmm. Like in, uh, when she does, it's very grandiose in, you know, um, Rogue One. Mm-hmm. But... You can tell she's kind of, um, she's, she stews, she broods. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it comes from what we end up learning in this book. Like what happened after Saw Gerrera picks her up out of that safety tunnel or bunker or whatever her parents made for her. Right. That's where this picks up. Yeah. It's, this book is actually quite sad. I it think. is. It and- is. Especially after I read it after watching Andor and kind of like while I was watching it. And to see their parallel backstories is pretty bleak, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's awful, but it's it, it kind of makes me think like it's no surprise they sacrificed themselves. You know what I mean? Like, right. They tried so hard over and over and over to do good. And then, like, that was their crowning moment. Like, all of this sadness led to something really incredible. Yeah. And a moment to, like, redeem some, like, Jin did some pretty terrible shit in this book. That's, I don't know. It was an interesting portrayal because it's basically watching a person scratch out survival the whole time. The whole time. Which is very common in real life. I. So many people follow this unfortunate path when, I mean, she interpreted, well, it was interesting because she wavered between feeling like there was some hope that she'd find her dad eventually and that he didn't mean to leave her. And then she wavered back to, he abandoned me. He really is like for the empire and he Mm -hmm. can't be trusted. And I think that's interesting when you look at it from the point of view of Rogue One, where she was so, like, she was so relieved to see her father. She wanted to get to her father. I think everyone holds on to that hope that their parent didn't abandon them. Yeah, and I think you see that more in the film than is portrayed in the books. And she's, let's talk about this a little bit, because I was kind of like, why did they come to this conclusion, honestly? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because they're on Lamu. They're in hiding. Jin knows they're in hiding. And Saw knows that they're in hiding. And the reason they would call him is because Krennic found them. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what happened. So why does he tell Jin that your father has chosen the Empire over you? my, My thought was to disconnect her from him. Yeah. Like, there's no hope. 
Stop hoping you're ever going to see him. Disconnect from that because you're not going to survive. Because she had to be in hiding. She could not say who her, who she was. She was just some girl. Saw's girl. Saw's little girl. Right. You know, everyone in like the bandits. His his band <laughs> right. of of people. I don't even know what to call them. His ne'er do wells. <laughs> yeah, like his group of ruffians. Uh, yeah. They didn't ask questions, but they wondered who she was and. Obviously, it was very obvious that Saul loved her in his own way. Right. That was Which makes it so much more sad. <sighs> I know. It's very deeply sad. And I really like how we get a look at Saw in a way we never have before. Yeah. Because we, we yeah. see him, I guess we're introduced to him maybe on Onderon in Clone Wars. I think that's the first time we yes, see him. Yes, it is. Yep. And yeah, we- and his sister's alive, so keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. And what, like, it's literally his action that creates her death, which is just fucking devastating. It is so depressing to watch all the episodes of the Onderon arc, and that's how it ends. You're just like, what the fuck, Clone Wars? Terrible. Terrible. Kid show. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, it's awful. You're like, oh, they win. Oh, they don't win. But it brings this weird dynamic between him and Jin where it's like you know he cares about her and he loves her and he calls her his daughter and he's proud mm-hmm. of her but mm-hmm. then he has this coldness also where he doesn't have he doesn't know how to care for a child so like he just gives her nutritive milk and that's it for food and like basically teaches her how to survive and protect herself but he has this way of withholding his approval as like a way, a, a means of controlling her behavior, which is maybe not even a conscious choice on no, his part. No, because he's he's clearly battling his own demons of his sister. This entire book, yeah, he's he knows that he loves Jin. He wants her to survive. He wants her to make it because his sister didn't, and he's trying to make up for that. I think that's my interpretation. Mm-hmm. But he also knows that getting too close and loving someone too much leads to hurt because it did for yeah. him. Yeah, it's vulnerability for sure that he is really uncomfortable with. Which, if you think about uh, Diego, what's his name? Andor, Cassian. Yeah. He had a loving, openly loving set of parents, step parents, right? Mm hmm. And he distanced himself. I mean, he loved his mother, but like. There was a weird, like he had to, it was almost like he's trying to keep himself from it because he knows that that also, all of this leads to pain. Because as a child, he got separated from his sister and it creates a deep divide. And the same thing for Jin, she gets separated from her parents. And though she was taken by someone who, quote, loved her. It might have been hard to ever feel like you're fully fully accepted because even the simple thing of having the kyber crystal necklace. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you have to cover that shit up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time because people are looking at it. <laughs> right. And it explains why she has the scarf in Rogue One that she wears. But like, I just... Think of what that does to a child, you know, from a yeah. very early age, trying to get approval from somebody who's kind of cold and a little bit scary. You're not even quite sure they even like you at first. And then they tell you to, like, cover up part of yourself because, 
other people won't like it. It's just this child just needs a hug. <laughs> really though. Like so and she got sad. one. She got one at the very end oh, of God, Rogue One. Like <laughs> Cassian's the only one who hugs her while they die. I can't. I. Uh. They both like he needs one too. It's just the saddest parallel ever. Do you believe that the Force brought them together? I do. I mean, Tony Gilroy brought them together. Well, um, yeah. I mean, literally. But I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a fic right now that like. I skirt around the edge of the force with it because they kind of both of them don't really believe it that much. Right. Which is interesting because in my opinion, I think the force works like that. Mm -hmm. It does draw like souls together. I was going to say like-minded, but similar souls together. These two Mm -hmm. lost, hurting, abandoned people in one way or another, uh, find each other but a lot of people don't believe that the force works like that you could say that's you know a topic of like faith and and all this stuff that we won't touch upon but it it is very similar yeah but it's the two people who didn't believe in it that wore kyber crystal necklaces both of them right and had them come together like i love that (laughs) i do too i think it's it's something that i think both the characters also kind of like they know that Jedi existed and yeah. the Kyber has power and Jin knows it powered the Jedi's lightsaber and every now and then she reaches out and touches it and holds it in the book, in the movie. In the movie, in yeah. Multiple times. And they even say in the book, at least I think in the Rogue One book, she doesn't know if it has spiritual power but she's willing to like accept it if it does if it's gonna help what they're trying to do so yeah i don't know i think that's a really interesting question honestly because yes i would like to think that since they're such desperate disparate characters yeah that they spend their entire lives surviving you know not living but like no just in survival mode constantly. And but we do is... see in this book, she lives a little when she gets uh, with the family, the mom and the and the son. Yeah. What was the name of the planet they were on? I thought it was a cool planet, the way it sounded. Skull, I think, something like oh, that. It's, okay, because it's... It, it sounded to me like uh, Prince Edward Island. Like long, <laughs> yeah. sweeping grasses and plateaus. And not yeah. necessarily like Lothal, but... I don't know. I had this beautiful idea of like Eastern yeah. Canada, far Eastern Canada, like with cowboy town in the middle, kind of. Yeah. Well, that's Prairie Canada, but right. It, I was thinking more said, maritime. Well, I mean, they said it had this small town with a cantina in the middle. Yeah, and everybody, basically, everybody knew each other, and yeah, it, it. Yeah, it definitely made me think of frontier living. Yes. Some kind or another. Yeah, that was, oh, that was sad. That whole thing is, she lived a little bit. She got to experience a little bit of living versus survival. She's still on survival mode, because I don't yeah. think Jin knows any other mode. But she did get to experience, like, some of the pleasures of, like, being free for once. Yeah, 
And I think that's what's so fucking sad is she oh, let the her worst. guard down. <laughs> she finally let her guard down a little bit and it ends so badly. And you just know it will. They never yeah. kind of release you from that overhanging doom the whole time she's there. But, oh, I God. had and hope she, reading it that it didn't. I did too. End so stupid. In, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Who's the fool? Us. <laughs> Star Wars is pain. Come on now. Leanne, you know better. There's no hope here. Don't let your guard down, Leanne. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just wanted so desperately for, like, Jin to not be disappointed. Yeah. We literally see throughout this book why she's so guarded in Rogue One. And she has every right to be. Because this book doesn't just plot out her life at, like, in the years that we don't see prior to Rogue One. It plots out her time in the, in the prison. Yes. Oh, yeah. Which is absolutely bleak. (laughs) Bleak. The bleakest thing I've ever read. It was well done. Her Mm -hmm. roommates made me very sad. Yeah. And then you think, now that you watch Andor, and then you talk about this book, the day in, day out of his prison sentence, if you will. Mm Mm-hmm. And the survival and his roommates or his corridor mates. Yeah, cell Because <laughs> they were in bridges or levels or something. Yeah. Right. It's just awful. What the Empire did to break the spirit of so many is just awful. Yeah, it's really crazy. And, I, God, there were so many moments. And, and, like, it kept escalating with her in the prison. Like, every time... They would do a little chapter in the middle of whatever was going on where they kind of bring you back to Wabani because they intersperse Wabani throughout the whole book. If you read the top where it starts, it it describes her uh, charges. Almost every time there's a new section of Wabani, she has a new charge. Yeah. And it's because either she does something or she gets caught up in the middle of something she had really nothing to do with. I mean. Right. And like one time she picked up a piece of metal or a piece of glass yes, or something. Yes. And they charged her with having a weapon. And she, yeah. she's like, she was going to take it as a weapon, but she was just like, fuck, I just picked it up. Like I didn't even do anything. I, I think the hardest part of all of those chapters for me was her like furry, her long haired yeah. oh, uh, so roommate. Sad. Fuck. That was the most depressing <laughs> Part of this book that and when like saw never came back for her he really did leave her yes do we ever get why was it out of necessity or did he just leave her there do we not know i was gonna ask you your opinion on that because that sequence in the book they get betrayed by one of the characters and you start to realize oh this is that moment where she's like the last time i saw you you gave me a knife and a loaded blaster and told me to wait in a bunker because yeah. That wasn't obvious to me until all of a sudden I was just like, wait, this is that moment? What the fuck? Yeah. And like Saw is bleeding to death. He's also fighting the guy who betrayed them. Yes. And then he just tells Jin to get the fuck out of here, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, the place explodes and she makes it out. Right. Because of his instruction. And he says, I will come back for you. And he never does. And it's like, right. Jin has to make a choice. Do I stay here and wait? Or is it just someone else that abandons me? So maybe right. he did. He was like 
horribly injured. And I wonder, right. do some of his, like, injuries yes. that we see in Rogue One come from this moment? Okay, because, like... I think so, yeah. It was a lot of breathing injury related right, like things. all over his face, yeah, his too. face is all fucked up, and... Yeah. Yeah, it was just a bad situation. So... Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know. She had to get out of there, though, because she was starving. Right. She was, and and they were like, the planet was becoming chaos. It was pretty horrible, honestly. And like, um, so she also is wondering if Saw is dead, but then she finds out later he's not. And he just literally is never coming looking for her. Yeah. Yeah. Because she knows someone, he sent someone to find her. To, to see like if she was still alive, her. yeah. So yeah. he still cares, right? Question mark. Like, in his weird way. Because that's the other thing, too, with Saw, is he has this moral... He's like, lives in the gray zone, right? Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. he has a moral code, but it's really fucking weird. It's very loose. <laughs> and it changes... Yes, it changes. He's like... Yeah, because she finds out, like, damn, this is what our mission is? What the fuck, Saw? Right. And he's like, you know, for the greater good, whatever it takes, we do what we have to do. And it's like, yes and no. Maybe. No. Yes. Right. <laughs> it keeps you guessing, which I really like because it challenges the reader's uh, stance also. Right. And you you see that play into Andor, too, when he Very has much. That- that meeting with Luthen where they're talking about Antor Krieger. Oh my God, I love it. Yes, and yes. Saw goes on that rant about Krieger's a separatist and Maya Pei's a neo-Republican and their yeah. partisan alliance, sectorist, human cultists. I fucking love that line because then he's like, I am the only one with clarity of purpose and Luthen just laughs at him. Yes, yes. So <laughs> that, okay, so Luthen has been to the... Uh, the keystone, which is mm-hmm. saw in a sense, the keystone that is you know brings it all f- all full circle in Rogue One mm-hmm. with Jin and Cassian, right? And Luthen is like in the middle of this, and we see that finally in Andor. But you think about it, like when did Luthen come find Saw? Was it before or after Jin? Because we never saw Jin. I'm assuming, right? But he was still not like fully fucked up. Saw right. wasn't physically. Well, and then there's the whole interspersing in the book Rebel Rising with Id- Idrissa. I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right. Oh but yeah, oh yes, her. Yes, it's it. They kind of imply that she's with the quote real Rebel Alliance. Yeah, yeah. But so it's like in the timeline, where does this fall into place with what's going on in Andor and like what Luthen is building? I'm really, I would like to like look into that in more detail because there's so many, just like what Saw says, there's so many different factions yes, kind of all working towards the same, well, not even, just fighting the Empire, right? And right, right. He will work with some of them, but not all of them. And if the money is right, he'll do it. You know, he even changed his mind about Anto Krieger in- Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, in Andor, he changed his mind. Too late. <laughs> Too late? I, I just was sitting here thinking, uh, has anyone laughed in Saw's face and lived besides Luthen? I don't think so. I <laughs> think that's Jin. fucking, that's boss mode. <laughs> Shit. 
That whole scene was so tense, and I loved it because, like you said, I think Luthen's the only one who could get away with it. it was right? So good. I want to know why, though. I think because he really calls him on his shit. Because that's when he says, "I have it written down here because I love it so much." Anarchy is a seductive concept, a bit of a luxury, I'd argue, to a man who is hiding in cold caves and begging for spare parts. And <gasps> Saw's just like. <gasps> Fuck you, but you're right. <laughs> you're you're fucking right, but fuck you. <laughs> hey, if you come with facts, it's a different story. You know what I mean? If you come correct, Saw's yeah. not going to hate on that. No, he kind of respects directness, honestly. Yeah, yeah I love that. Oh. I love that those two are entangled in some way. I'm glad they put that in Andor. Me too. And I, I... There's a lot going on. There's a lot of politics in these rebel factions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And part of why Saw hates Krieger is because he was a separatist. And the separatists are why his sister is yes. dead. And, yeah. I yeah. mean, there's some there's some cold uh, grudges that are carried over. I'll tell you what. The Clone Wars was a big, big thing for a lot of people. Yeah. That ended up in the, on this side of the Empire, like them taking over. Right. I mean, even, uh, what's his name? Jin's father. Yeah, Galen. Right. He works with the Empire to begin with because he thought it was better than the war they were all experiencing and they were going to fund his research. So, you know, maybe it won't be so bad. And poor Cassian unknowingly built parts to form the Death Star that... Fucking Jin's oh, father <laughs> developed. Ah, They're and then they so both entangled. destroy it. They don't even know how entangled they are. Oh, the oh. web we weave in the galaxy. It's, it's so good. <laughs> Fuck well, you, Palpatine. They- I blame Palps. <laughs> this motherfucker brought so much pain to everybody. Fuck you, Palps. He did. He ruined a lot of lives. This he guy. did. And Poncro gets a break in this episode because it's fuck palps in this one. <laughs> Poncro gets a break. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Just this episode. Maybe some others. Oh, but... man. <laughs> so, okay. Um, let's talk about Jin's, like, talent for making yeah. clearance codes. How fucking cool is that? So fucking cool. She's... And she also becomes... um. Becomes a counterfeiter also. Yeah, just, yeah. She's really good at these skills. It's pretty fucking cool. I just love that. I loved it so much. And she was she was like bartering or haggling with an empire, an, an empire person who, who was like gambling too much. I love that. That's so like pedestrian for an I a- love empire. It. Yes. yes, because it shows that like, okay, they're a big corporate entity, government entity that's terrifying. But they're only as strong as the morons who work with them, right? Right. <laughs> and if right. there's people like this who are kind of bored in their post and don't really give a shit what's going on, I thought that was a really interesting take. It's very different than what we normally see with imperial characters. Yeah. yeah yes. Cool. I love a good gambling problem amongst imperial <laughs> uh, seat holders. Um <laughs> Shows some realness in the galaxy, some seediness, you know? Because no good can come from gambling debts. None. No, but no good comes from 
negotiating with the Empire also. No, never. The the sequence of events that happens in the second half of this book is fucking nuts, right? So she goes to the Five Points station, immediately gets pulled into the Empire by Commander Solange, which I think is how you say that name. Go for it. (laughs) Instantly gets broke by Alejandro So for counterfeiting his money, gets Mm -hmm. put on a slave ship, liberates the slave ship, gets pulled back in by the Empire, by Admiral Rockwin, or whatever the fuck that person's name is, and then gets placed by her, this em- um, this Admiral, into the partisan crew that yeah. she then betrays. Like, it is yes. just yeah. so fucking depressing, and she can't get a goddamn break. No, she can't. But we see how she knows how to fight so well. Because of Saw, basically, throughout this book. How she can finagle her way in and out of things. You know, know, why she's so defensive all the time in Rogue One. I'm talking like, we see the origins of it. And goddammit, I don't blame her one bit for being a cold, hard bitch at the beginning of Rogue One. Or at least throughout a lot of Rogue One. Distrusting of people, you know, uh just not believing in it, just stay far, as far away from it as you can. You know, any right. kind of like, I'm for or against. She wants to stay neutral in the middle with as little involvement as possible. Because look, she went one way, got caught. Went the opposite way, got caught. Like each time it was punishment for her. And she lost right. people and was be- betrayed by people. I mean, it's... She really dislikes the rebels in this book, especially. Right, because they came in. Right, but what, like she's saying, what's the difference? They, what was their name? Hatter and oh god, I don't remember. Akshaya, I think, is his mother's name. That was the family that she kind of lived with, and she actually, I think, had a relationship with the boy. They kind of she kind did. of started to fall in love well, a little well, bit. Well, 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 well. Did you hear <laughs> how she kind of thought that Cassian looked like him with that jet black hair? Yeah, oh my god. It was vaguely, vaguely hinted at, and I was like, oh. Anyway, (laughs) sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. I I think that when they get killed, she thinks the rebels kill them, and that's why she hates the Empire, she hates the rebels, and that's why it's such a big fucking deal when Cassian says, welcome home. Yeah. Because it's not him saying welcome home to the Rebel Alliance because they're going rogue against the Rebel Alliance. It's welcome home to loyalty, like someone's going to stand by your side all the way to the end if that's what it takes. Yeah. And she has never had that before. Never. And that, oh, that hurts so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They were so perfect and deserved so much more, her and Cassie. Yeah. So much. I know. God damn it. <laughs> well, fuck. I mean, man, this is a bummer. <laughs> I yes. love them both so dearly. Star Wars is pain. I know. I feel so strongly, more so with them than maybe other characters even, that they deserve so much fucking better than they got. Well, how often do we hear this in Star Wars? That same sentence. They deserve so much better than they got. That could go for just about 80% of the characters. I know. I just think, though, when you look at Luke, he at least had people who loved him, raised him, and he had a sheltered childhood. And you think about Obi-Wan, who had his life until it fell apart. Jin and Cassian had no joy or safety ever their entire lives. Fleeting moments. 
fleeting yeah. moments. Yeah. And as soon as they get settled, they just rip it away, you know? Yep. Oh, and that is fuck. some people's lot in life. I mean, that is, you know, you just can't catch a break. Yeah. Remember to be very blessed. Uh, remember to stay thankful for what you've been blessed with because Cassie and, and Jin are examples of just they didn't have a chance from the start and in yeah. their passing gave everyone else a chance that they never got I mean it's yeah it's a beautiful story a heartbreaking one but one that's very common I mean we see it in the great literature of our time <laughs> the sacrifice of one or two or many makes it possible for so many more to live a better life. It's Luthen's I burn my life for the sunrise I'll never see. <laughs> I have it hanging directly in front of me on my pegboard. What do you sacrifice? And it's this whole thing. And I've been looking oh. at it this whole fucking time because I never want to forget what he said ever and what it's he so, meant behind it. It's so brilliant and so poignant. And represents more characters than just himself, honestly. So that's why we wanted to talk about this book now, post Andor, obviously post Rogue One, but like, yeah. Oh, I wanted <laughs> better for both of them, <laughs> all of them, all of them. Oh my god, they deserve they deserve so much better. How many times can I say it? Too many times. Say it's it one so more time. Fuck its head. Jin and Cassian deserved so much better. <laughs> there you go. End of episode. <laughs> Rebel Rising, 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah, same. I loved it. The question this week for our audience and listeners is, if you've read Rebel Rising, how many stars would you give it? 10 out of 10? 10 being the best? 1 out of 10 being... <laughs> Just threw it in the garbage. Rip. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know. What's your rating of the book Rebel Rising by Beth Revis? Next week, we are going to focus on the very beautiful, very talented Matt mm. Lanter. Yes. <laughs> and I will ask the question in hopes that he gives me an answer. What the fuck Anakin <laughs> whispers to the Zigerian queen? Just throwing it out there. I tagged him on Instagram, but he didn't look at it. <laughs> I know you did. So maybe a whole episode about how great he is and how great his talents are beyond Star yeah. Wars will prompt an answer. Yes, he's a very, very good on-screen actor as well. So I have a show that I watched, I binged, and I can't wait to tell you about it. Oh, I, I'm here for it. Let's talk Matt Lanter. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. We appreciate every single one of our patrons and even our brand new ones. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> and we're grateful for your support. If you would like to support the podcast and become a patron as well, head over to the Most Things Kenobi Patreon. As always, you can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you enjoy our podcast, feel free to rate us on Spotify and Apple. And if you need one place to find all of these things, head over to mostthingskenobi.com. So until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always. <laughs>